This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. Welcome back to part two of 10,000 talking about (laughs) in-laws. I think people are going to get tired of talking about in-laws after a while. Not based on these fucking questions, man. Okay. People have a lot of things to say and a lot of feelings. It's interesting. This is probably the most emotion we've ever felt in questions. Why do you think that is? I think this is a really activating subject. I think there is a lot of grief and a lot of hurt and a lot of expectations that aren't met when it comes to in-laws. And I think it's so out of our, I feel so out of our control. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just so painful. Yeah. So let's hop into it. Okay. Okay. Here's, let's start with this one. I think this is an interesting. My partner still regularly worries about upsetting his parents with life choices, big and small, at 30 years old. How can I help him set boundaries and let go of their expectations without overstepping? So when we talk about overstepping, when we give advice without it being consensual, it's overstepping. So saying to your partner, I've noticed that you're really worried about how your parents feel when it comes to choosing a restaurant for dinner. Are you okay with this? Do you want help with this? Do you want to set boundaries together? What does this mean for you? It is so beautiful to want to help your partner. And our partners don't always want to be helped. <laughs> you got nothing to say? I was just going to say, I think that deserves a long pause. Oh. <laughs> 
because I think that that is really a really challenging thing to accept. My question would also be, how is this affecting the two of you? Right. Mm. Like, is it affecting the two of you? Like if is, he right, like is there a breakdown if there if he's trying to choose a dinner or like a restaurant to go out to dinner with his parents and it's a complete breakdown, right? Or you know, or is your partner doing something that is not congruent with what they want and that's greatly affecting how you know they're feeling within your relationship? Like, yeah, that might be something to tackle. Mm-hmm. Is it just something you're noticing because you have a level of an emotional intelligence and maybe you listen to this podcast and you understand what healthy boundaries are in a family and that's why it's affecting you? So so that's that's what I would encourage is to say, how is this really affecting our relationship? If it's affecting our relationship, how can we have a conversation about it where I am asking, you know, are you open to me giving some advice? You know, you're offering and saying, is this something that you would be open to talking through? Because once again, I think what matters is how it's affecting your partner and how it's affecting your partner within the context of the mm-hmm. relationship. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, so but this one we could tag off of that, which is somebody said, "How do I set healthy boundaries?" Yeah. And maybe this also we could talk about in terms of that last question, right? Like, is it that he has such a lack of boundaries with his parents that you feel like you then have to set boundaries with him, right? If your partner always has a meltdown when it comes to anything with his parents, there might hit a point where you're like, "Listen, like this is really causing harm to me now. I want to be there for you. I want to take care of you. I want to meet you with the p- compassion, curiosity, and." there isn't change and we're not having movement and it's really hurting me. You know, if we just talk about setting healthy boundaries in general, Mm then sometimes we, I would say, especially with in-laws because of our lack of space to be able to communicate some of these things, that there's so much more time to be able to build this resentment internally that ends up turning into maybe either an outburst or shutting down more of like a reaction rather than a response to what's going on. And so that's what we talk a lot about in terms of making sure that when you're communicating this, it's coming out as a response as opposed to a reaction, because the reaction comes from more like of an angry place or a hurt place. And so to be able to acknowledge how is this affecting me emotionally and how do, how do I want to choose to deal with this? So setting healthy boundaries in a way that's not coming from a reactive place. It's more of a choice that you're making. And it can be a conversation that you have with your partner of like, how do we want to go about this, right? You're choosing together how you want to go about setting these boundaries. What does that look like in the context of your communication with your in-laws? Oh, which is a brings up a really good question we have next. How do you discuss in-law issues with your significant other? Not when you're reactive. <laughs> yes. When you don't do it is when you're fucking pissed off. Yes. So I'll I'll tell you a little bit about uh my situation. Is that <laughs> getting amped up? So my husband has a very difficult relationship with his father. And he his father needs a lot of assistance. He takes care of his father, but I would say he doesn't treat him very well. That is really hard for me to watch. And I the, have yeah, had, his father doesn't treat him well. Bill correct treats his father very yeah, yeah. well. Bill treats his father great. Yes. But his dad does not and has not in the past. They're, they've never had a good relationship. And so it has been so challenging for me to check myself with how much I am reacting to his father and, and what 
his father because once again, as I said in the last episode, I am very protective. Mm -hmm. So to watch that play out is so painful for me because I'm watching my husband go through that. But I have had to learn that it is not helpful for me to have a reaction to my partner about his father because it just compounds on what he's already feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have really had to find healthy outlets for my anger for that relationship. Which is usually texting me. (laughs) Which is texting Emily or talking to my therapist. Or talking to my sister-in-law. Yeah, because it's not fair for Bill to take on one more thing. Exactly, because it is not fair for him to take on my emotional pain towards it. He's already dealing with so much. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think that it's important to look at the context and say, what kind of relationship does your partner have with their parents? And what makes the most sense in terms of how much emotion you're bringing into their relationship with their parent because I think in the end they have to make a decision about what their relationship looks like with their parent you can just communicate what that's like in your relationship so I can say to Bill hey I realize that when you're taking on this much you're bringing it back into our relationship and that is something I want to set boundaries around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right because that's what matters in our relationship but my personal feelings about his relationship with his father I, is unfair, I think, for me to put on him. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do this next question. Mm-hmm. What can I do to protect my energy around them? Literally drain for two days after visits. How much? Here's what I have to say. What are you holding in for two days that's coming out at the end? How much emotional management are you doing? How much emotional regulation are you having to do during that time? There's just like an explosion afterwards, right? So when you talk about protecting your energy, I would also say, what would it be like to not stay so controlled during that time? What are you trying to control? Is it really helpful? Is it actually doing anything? Or is it just hurting you? Yeah. I would also suggest that if you are, so like, is this person, sorry, I'm losing the question. Are they that's going, okay. You probably assumed I wrote it in anyway. I did. I really <laughs> did. I, uh, that's why my face just, just lit up. If you're watching this on YouTube, <laughs> you will see the face Jen just gave me, which was, uh, did you write this fucking question in? Because I will say, this is one of the things that happened to me for a very, very long time with my in-laws. And one of the things that my therapist really worked on with me was, what are you holding in? Like, how much emotional management? You are so fucking controlled. You are so all about emotional regulation during that time. What are you so worried is going to happen that you are like, you know, I would get physically ill after the trips because I was trying so hard to be something that I wasn't during the trip. My suggestion is probably going to be something that you are unable to follow when you are there because I I was going to say find space for you to leave, to be able to set boundaries for yourself to say, I need to take some time for myself. If you have that capability, say like, I need to go get a coffee or I need to right to be able to create conscious space for yourself outside of that dynamic. If you're spending every single, you know, if you, if everyone's stuck in a house together, that is so hard. (laughs) No, no, not at all. You know, and so the reason why it maybe doesn't work for you is because there is nothing over there. (laughs) You don't have a choice. 
<laughs> so that's why I would say to be able to have your space, get in the car, go to a coffee shop, get lunch by yourself, take some time, go for a hike, whatever you need to do to, to get yourself out of the house, that you are not just stuck there, mm-hmm. I think is also really important. You're consciously creating space for yourself in a different area. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like a lot of this depends on like what is like the context that we're looking at. If your in-laws live, you know, 30 minutes away, it's really easy to just have dinner and be able to like, okay, like this is just dinner. Like Milo's lives like six hours away. So if we go, we're going for three days at a time. So three days for me is a lot. Three days for me to do anything for three days is a lot. Like I'm just like, bah. so if my in-laws were 30 minutes away, I think it'd be a really different situation but it's true when you're staying in someone's home or they're staying in yours it's really makes everything more heightened oh yeah that's all i have to say about that okay Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner the planning the shopping the prep figuring out the timing it's a little heavy to carry huh same That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. you got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash strength chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash strength chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash strength chicks. I like this one. I can't stand my boyfriend's mom. She has no boundaries, gets offended when they're set. SOS. People that have no boundaries are not going to be able to understand yours. I can only respect boundaries if I'm also implementing my own. And like, right, like, the, like it has to go together. So if somebody doesn't have boundaries. Yeah, they're not going to take yours. Additionally, Boundaries are not just for the other person, they're for us. Like this idea of boundaries, I think this is one of the things that I hate about Instagram therapy. It's like there's this idea that if I set boundaries, it's gonna be so great. You can set boundaries and people don't give a fuck. Like, like the, the we act like these are like these are like, oh I well, I said no this one time and then it fixed everything. You have to consistently set those boundaries. It's almost like And be okay have- with however bad they react. Exactly. Right. And and you and you might have to set stronger and stronger boundaries. Every single time. And eventually, and I know we always say this, is that you teach people how to treat you. And even if they have horrendous boundaries, you get to control what you let into your boundaries Mm -hmm. and what boundaries that you set. So if your boyfriend's mom comes over to your house unannounced, and that was the norm when he lived by himself, you are allowed to say, hey, Mary Ellen. I was going to use Linda. (laughs) Who are you? Hey, Linda. Hey, Mary, Linda, Ellen, um, you know, could you... A lot of hyphens it's, in there. It's, it's really important for me, I, I, you know, for to have a heads up when you're coming over. Just shoot me a text next time or could we come up with a plan together, right? Sometimes you have to implement smaller boundaries first and that's not horrible or bad. It's just like what works for us, which is why this like this over large like advice doesn't necessarily work because every situation is different if i have a mother-in-law who also uses substances they're not going to be able to respect that they come over drunk you can set those fucking boundaries all you want but they get drunk and come over what are you gonna do right so like sometimes we do this but we do lock those doors right but we setting boundaries is what we need to do for us because it's important for us to speak it we cannot control how other people are going to react to it and I think so often people, if they don't set the boundary the first time, it's hard for them to say, oh, well, I let them do it this one time. So that means I can't continue to do it or the time has passed. You get to even after the time has passed, if you did not set the bet, ba- if they just showed up, right, you let them in your house, you get to text them after or call them after and say, hey, Linda, listen, <laughs> you know, I would love to see you, but it's really important for me to schedule it, right? I, you know, my time for myself is really essential. And so to be able to schedule our time together would mean so much more to me so that I can be in a space where I'm not flustered when I see you. Right. So there's so many ways to word it, but you absolutely have the opportunity, even after it happens, to be able to say like, hey, I would so much rather do it in this way in the future. You know what I just realized? What? We didn't get a single question about father-in-laws, only mother-in-laws. Wow. What do you think that means? It's not good. Well, some people said in-laws, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they might just be grouping. Maybe. 
I was going to say, I wonder, too. You know, I hate talking shit on women, man. So I know, this is me killing too. me. I know. It's paining my soul. What do you think that's about? Well, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder, too. I, I know that um, I would say a majority of listeners are, are, win- are women. Right? Would you say that? Yeah. And I wonder if there's a bigger, like, pain points between, you mm-hmm. know, a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. That's a shame. It is. And there's a part of me that wonders, right, if we're looking at a disengaged father meshed mother situation, if that's some of the stuff we have happening here. But we also talk a lot about, like, the generation that our mothers grew up in. Well, I think but it is a generational thing, right? Is there a possibility that these in-laws were from a generation that they were more engaged in their children because... There, that's the dynamic, and women and so, women were more encouraged to pour themselves into their relationship with their children, yeah, and in that end up losing parts of themselves. Exactly. So then, when you come in as the partner to that child, are you seen as a threat in some way to because their own identity? Exactly. So they can't even figure out a reason of why they might have this issue with you. Because it's on such an integral, like, identity level. Right. Like, it's so intertwined with who they are. And it's almost like you're taking away a part of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a part of them that they are not choosing, right? Like, they didn't choose you. I think that's huge. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why it's going to be, right? And when we talked in the last episode about, like, how you would feel if Millie found a partner yeah. and was taken away. And, and, and but my entire about, identity is not motherhood. Right. It is in this business. <laughs> if you take if you take my business away, then that's a that is another thing. But I also see very much Millie as an individual person, and I know because she says shit to me, and I'm like, that's not me. I don't know who. Like, she is so clearly her own person, and so there's a part where, like, yes, like I I love her, and I think I would definitely be impacted by whatever partner whoever partner she chooses, and it doesn't feel like a threat to my identity. But if you make your whole identity about your kids, which the reality is a lot of our moms did, and there wasn't really choice around that. If we're looking at the generational part, which is why we say you always have to look at the context. If somebody is in a very unhappy, disengaged marriage, and the most happiness they got was that of their children, and then you come in, marry their child, and say, let's move 50,000 fucking miles away, you don't think that you just fucked up their identity a little bit? And to really be able to process that your child is separate from you. Like, I think there are these huge pain points throughout their lives where they you were having to process like them individuating from you. Right. Like when they're a teenager and they're like being a dick to you. Right. Because that's they're like trying to push you away when they go to college or they they leave home. And like what a huge one with them finding a partner. And like, I I just think that's such a huge transition point of saying, like, I am individuating from you. I am making my own choices, regardless of if you like this person or not. And so if you poured yourself completely into that person, that is such a huge piece of it. And then they have their own children, right? Like that there are all these places where they're having to say, like, as a part of myself being taken from me. So did we just develop a lot of empathy for our mothers? I think. Wow. (laughs) I 
think so. You're welcome, mom. <laughs> but I do. I just think there's something so interesting. This is all about mother-in-laws. And it's often about male partners. You feel like they're not doing enough, right? You got to deal with that with your partner. Your in-laws to be annoying as fuck, but like, are they actually living in your home sometimes? So like, that's, you know, I want to know that question first, right? Like, or like, is it your anger towards your partner that you're taking out on someone else? Like how much is, and truly, I think especially women that struggle with expressing anger and frustration, we have a lot of misdirected anger. I literally wanted to say to piggyback off of that. <laughs> but we always make fun of that that's term, right, so you can't. I'm going to say it now that. Okay. To piggyback off of that, <laughs> how much is your family of origin affecting your reactivity towards your in-laws, specifically in this case, your mother-in-law, right? Like, where might that be coming from for you in your upbringing and mm. how that's playing a role in your relationship with your partner? Yeah. I know. Let's keep going with questions. Okay. Here's a good one I want to talk about. Setting boundaries with husband financially supporting mother-in-law. There's a difficult thing here that it is part of many cultures and many situations that the younger generation supports an older generation. It is not up for us to say that that is okay or not. When it is part and it feels significant to our partner, and I think that's the conversation with your partner, which is, okay. How much do we support? What like what's it for? Now that's really hard. If we have a partner who's supporting parents in active addiction, it might be really challenging. And still, once we budget out our stuff, what's left and how do we do that? If we put us first, but also include this other generation, what does that look like? That, what's your thought? Yeah, that, no, that would well, be hard that, for you. No, oh my God, so hard. Did you see my face? It yeah, was like you're tense. Really, like you're gonna throw up. Yeah. <laughs> But but I think the piece that you mentioned at the end that prioritizing your relationship first is important because I wonder if that's a piece of this coming into it. Like, do you feel like your relational finances are being sacrificed in order to support the mother-in-law? Right. Like how it really have a I mean, a conversation about finances is is hard in a relationship regardless. And so. This is something that might be really, if you're listening to this conversation, you're not married yet, and you're thinking about what questions can we ask before we get married, this is a really good question. What yeah. happens if one of our parents needs, needs to be taken care, of, taken care of, whether it's physically, financially, if, and what would that look like for us? How would we work through that? Go ahead. So Jen, you know, I yes. have to ask you, Yeah. going into your marriage, did you know that your husband would need to, in some ways, physically support their no. father. When me and my husband got married, he was he did not have a relationship with his father at all. He was not talking to him. His brothers were. And so never thought about it. <laughs> never thought about it. Mm. Never had the conversation. But also his dad's partner died in the process. And so when she passed away, there was so much more pressure for like others to, he really declined. There was so much more of a pressure for others to take care of his father. And that has been a huge adjustment for my husband. And is there um, a cultural component? There's, uh, I Asian think culture? there's yeah. a cultural component. He disagrees with me. Okay. So, you know, I can't push that onto him, but I, I bring it, I bring it up. He just feels like it's his duty. Yeah. And so I was, we went out to um, dinner with my parents for Father's Day. 
And my dad had a strained relationship with his brother, didn't talk to his brother for 25 years. And his brother came back into his life and he started to support him. And we were at dinner and my husband said to my father, he was like, well, you know, why did you take him in? Like, why did you support him? Because they had such a hard relationship. And my dad's response to that, to that was, well, why do you take care of your dad? And we were all like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I think that like you can look at something from the outside and be like, that person treated you like shit. Like, why would you ever take care of them? And it's completely different when you're in it. And he said he has said that to me before because I've said like that I I can't imagine doing what you're doing. And there's times in which I would get so frustrated because I I don't know how I would react. But so he kind of said that to me. He's like, your parents are functioning. You don't know how you would react in this situation. And he's right. I have I have yeah. no ability to say what he should or shouldn't do or what I would do in that situation. I think it's just. And so I think really being able to respect your partner's perspective and point of view is really, first of all, let me just validate this person. It is really hard. Um, but also really important in a partnership to be able to support them because I can imagine for your husband that must be it must be challenging to have to support yeah. their mother like that has to be hard and I think there can be boundaries set around it if if your partner was at his dad's house every single day and you had no time together would that work for you exactly probably not right but and I think that's the thing is if if your partner if your husband is always financially supporting his mother-in-law, but you guys have bills that aren't paid, that's not going to work either. So that's what I mean about like, where's the us and where are they included in that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. 
convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Pregnant, how to set boundaries before baby comes. I think you have to think about what boundaries you want to set, right? Some people, when I I knew that I was going to be, I was so fucking hormonal <laughs> during my pregnancy. I knew I'd be real fucking hormonal after that pregnancy. So I knew that I didn't want people staying with us. I knew I did not want like people around the first few days. Like I needed to get settled myself. Um, that's what worked for me. Other people want a ton of people helping out when they first come home. Like that's totally a personal decision. So I think you have to say like, and I know that's very, very hard to predict, but like, who am I as a person? What may I possibly like after that? And then how do I communicate that? If you're someone who knows that they really need like some individual time and alone time, then you might be someone who's like no visitors. And then you have to set those boundaries before like, hey, I want to give everyone a heads up. And we said it's everyone like just so everyone knows, like my mother-in-law came for the birth and stayed with my mom, not with us because I didn't want anyone staying at our house. It makes sense. Yeah. And she respected also- that. Also, just knowing you, if anyone stayed at your house, even after you like just gave birth, you would probably like get a charcuterie board and like clean everything up and like put balloons in the house, don't you think? You yes, like, I which just is gave why birth. I just gave birth and I'm going to take care of you, right? You which would, like, is take why I knew nobody could be here Genius. because I couldn't stop myself. I knew I was going to be slightly manic energy. I knew it was going to be intense. And there is no effing way I could have done that with someone else here because I like would feel like I had to emotionally manage and regulate everything and so I think you have to know like what are some things that are important for me and then what boundaries do I need to set from there right like one of the things I had set up with my mom is like here are the days that you're going to come over versus here that you right you know what I mean like so like what are some ways to like sort of schedule it so people feel included and welcomed while also you come first is there any boundaries that you had to set that you didn't anticipate having to set So we had an interesting situation, which was that I delivered before COVID, but it was the middle of flu season and our hospital had a, there was no visitors besides grandparents. So one of the boundaries that ended up having to be set was that none of our our brothers and sisters couldn't come. None of the aunts and uncles could come. And that was like a hospital policy um, because the flu season was so bad in 2019. And I felt weird setting because I like felt kind of bad. Um, and then also it worked out great because <laughs> there was less people there. Right. Right. Well, it's almost like you didn't have to set the boundary yourself. Yeah, it worked out great for me. She could just lie and tell them it's a bad right. flu season right. if Absolutely. you deliver in the winter. Just right. Even if even if it's the summer, right? Yeah. You could use COVID, I think, for the rest of time. Yeah. I I can't particularly think 
of one right now, but I, I'm sure I'm sure my mother is listening to this and be like, oh, well, Emily said this fucking boundary that like she didn't realize. So I think there was times where I had to say, like, I need you to leave now. Like, like you know, like that it was like I wasn't prepared for how like drained I was going to be. I didn't I wasn't prepared for how painful it was going to be afterwards, like with a vaginal birth. And, and I've heard C-sections are so much fucking worse. I don't know. It depends really what your birth situation yeah. is. But I did not. I wasn't prepared for how bad it was going to hurt and how uncomfortable I'd be afterwards. Well, I also wonder, too, and I, you know, this is just by us talking for so long. Amelia's now three, right? She's over three. Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half. How many months is that? You know, when, does that, when did people stop talking no, in months? I, I don't know. A long time ago. I stopped doing that a long <laughs> I think as soon as she, I think when she hit one, I stopped doing it. <laughs> like, how many months are we? I, I, um, yeah. I, don't, I can't even think about how many she is. 12 times three and a half? I have no fucking idea. No, bad with math. Therapists are not going to math. Anyway, but I can imagine just by talking to you that those boundaries also change over time as they get older and you have to decide what are some different, as they start talking, as they like start Like I've walking. had to set boundaries with my family that like, like, do not, please do not, talk, you cannot ever talk about weight loss or calories in front of my daughter. If I can do one thing and is try to prevent my daughter from having an eating disorder, then my mother my grandmother has been every generation of my family. And if I have one fucking goal, it is to try to dispel that as much as possible. So I've had to set boundaries with people in our lives of like, can't talk about this in front of kids right. and my right. kid. And that might, you know, before Millie really knew what was going on, that might yep. have been less I started of a early. boundary. Right. Oh, as soon as she was born. Yeah, basically. Right like, uh, basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if she can understand it or not. Perfect. This is just a general rule we're going to have in our family. And it's one that we've implemented that Aaron and I do not talk about anything like that. Amazing. So this is, so this is our house rules. And we have specific house rules. And when you're in my home, you have to respect those rules. Did you laminate them? <laughs> you know that I want to because you know I love my laminator. Such a laminator it's supporter. It's surprising that I didn't. I should. I Listen, I am ha- I'll be here all day if you need some more <laughs> ideas. <laughs> let's go through since we're going to run out of time as with all of our episodes. Of course, always. Let's go to differing views. Can you go, okay. go a few pages back? You see that, I'm darling? There. I'm there. I want to answer some of these because I think okay. these are interesting. My mother-in-law and mom don't vibe, like couldn't be more different, but I want them to get along. I want a Maserati. It sounds like neither of us are getting our wishes today. Period. This is where assessing your expectations really comes in of like, what were your expectations for your mother and mother-in-law yeah. and getting along because that so often does not happen, right? Of wouldn't course it be, you want a big, happy family. Yeah, of wouldn't course. That be so cool wonderful. That be? Yeah. If, Everyone, if they like called each other and like got to be shopping. Yeah. But what does work in the relationship? Because, right, like, you know what? They don't really vibe. But what we both know is we both really love the new, I was to say Twilight movie. <laughs> But what I know is that we both love the new Twilight movie, and so we go to the movies, right? It might be that they don't vibe in anything, but what are some things that do work together? Like, we really, you know, we all like going to see nature preserves or gardens or just fuck off. Just, I'm saying. I'm sorry. You got me at the new Twilight movie. I wish there was a new Twilight me movie. Me too. I'm so sad. <sighs> Remember when I wanted to name my daughter Renesmee? Okay. Um, There's still time. <laughs> You can change um, your name. So I think it's like they're they're not going to get along the way you want. It. And have you made space to grieve that? You are allowed to be sad about that. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to have expectations that weren't met. And it sucks. And I think it's important that you make space for you to feel that and to actually like sort of like feel it and then like go through it to heal it. And there are ways that it could work. They might not be 
exactly the same, but there might be some things that work for both of them. And you might have to get a little bit more creative, but I'm sorry it didn't work the way you wanted. A lot of times it doesn't. I think too, to be able to ask yourself if them not being close, what what am I grieving? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean for me? Like, what did that expectation or that picture of them being close, like, what did I feel I was going to get out of that, that I am not going to get? And am I able to get that at other parts in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I able to build a relationship with my mother-in-law and a different relationship with my mom? And can we go out separately for lunch? Like, what does that look like? And how can I maybe get that in other ways? Yeah. How to deal with in-laws who are so fundamentally and politically different. You have to find what's going to work. And what I mean by that is I do not think that there is one perfect way to go about this. And it might be that you have to set rules. It might be that like, you know what, like I'm going to say my part, you're going to say your part. And like we have to like, you know, pledge to not fight about this or pledge to not go into this. There's going to be people in your life that you fundamentally disagree with, especially when we're talking about different generations. My in-laws experience of life is very different than mine. And it's right for them, what they've seen, what they're exposed to. I get it. And it still is hard. And I'm still never going to shut up because that's who I am. But it also doesn't burn me out. I'm going to talk about, right? Like, we had a conversation about, um, I'm very into local politics now. I decided that's where I'm going <laughs> to make where a I'm, difference. That's where I'm to make a difference. I, you know, of course, I always wanted the presidential election, but I didn't get very involved in local politics until later on. And so that works. And so a conversation, Jen, you know, you, me, you and Nikki had a few weeks ago was like, I was like, here's like what has to happen in our local politics. Here's how we do it. Start with your family. Don't convince people on the Internet. Convince people at the dinner table. And so I believe in hard conversations with family members. And still, certain people do not have the capacity for growth and will never, ever, ever see it differently. And people that are committed to misunderstanding you or not hearing you, it's not going to go anywhere. And so I think you also talk about what's my capacity. Can I value them for the people that they are good for? And of course, everything I'm saying is white privilege. I'm able to say this because I don't because I'm not a person of color with a fucking racist in law. That's very different. Your safety comes first. You do not need to put yourself in the hands of racial trauma because you have in-laws. Absolutely not. Same with any type of white supremacist ideals. First of all, you know, my thought went to religion, too, because Mm -hmm. I have a very religious mother-in-law. And... I think there's it's it's one thing to have differing views. It's another thing to when someone might push their religion onto you. And so there are so many times where we have to say, listen, we're not going to agree on this. I brought up um, the pattern. You know, how we talked about the pattern. Uh, Wait, the, the astrology app, the astrology app. Oh, and so I was trying to find out Bill's. Uh, you were trying to do his chart. I was you trying wanted, to, you wanted to know what time he was born. I wanted to know what time <laughs> he was born. And my mother-in-law is very religious. And oh, she thinks the devil's work? Believe, yeah, 100%. Those does, damn stars. Those damn stars. That astrology. Does not believe in that. She was, And so I was asking, I was like, you know, what is his birth time she was like i have it she said so many children she has no idea but she was like yeah i don't believe in that so she you know there was no pushing it on to me but there was a respect of 
um, or differences in beliefs in terms of religion. Um, and I think that that can it can be challenging. Right. Mm -hmm. But I but I love what you're saying about you to be able to speak up in what's in your capacity and that safety is the most important thing for you. Yep. We have to do a Dear Emma Jen before we finish. Oh, my God. We've had so many questions. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've got through nothing. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. You love when I read it. You like I light up what I, I ask. I do. I love it. What do you do when your partner has a toxic relationship with his parents? They are always fighting. His parents always guilt trip him and they take advantage of my partner financially. I feel caught. I don't want to get involved because it really stresses me out, but I want to stand up for and be there for my partner. So I think that's perfect, right? Like what you know is the most important thing, which is I want to be there for my partner. So that means the conversation of going towards your partner and saying, I'm worried about how this situation is affecting and hurting you. I see that this is difficult for you. I know it impacts us, but I want to start with you here. What do you want to do? Do we want to change this? Do you want to go see a family therapist together? Your parents don't have to come. We can find out some dynamics. We can explore this. I'm here to do this on your side of what works best for you because I think that this is hurting you and I don't want you hurt and I love you. I think there's a a piece of this, too, that might require for you to be able to process your own emotions around this, because I know you said, I don't want to get involved because it really stresses me out. Right. How much can you give yourself space to be able to process this for yourself and then go into your relationship and say, OK, how do we want to handle this together? Mm-hmm. You know, we keep talking about setting boundaries around your relationship and then going to your your families and saying, this is how we are going to tackle this as a unit. And if this has been their dynamic for their entire lives, and then you came into the picture and you're feeling all the stress, you're seeing what it's doing to your partner and your partner hasn't had someone to reflect this back to them. This might be one of the first times that they're really hearing this from you know, another perspective. Have you ever noticed that when you have a partner and they come into your family dynamic and they start pointing things out that you're like, oh yeah, I did not realize that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I have a really profound memory of one time at the dinner table, I asked um, Aaron's parents how they got together. And after dinner, Aaron's like, I didn't know that. And I was like, you didn't know that? He was like, we never asked. We never thought to ask. And it was a really interesting story. And so Aaron's always like, you ask questions. And I never thought to do that. And so all of a sudden, when I came into the family, you know me, I fucking no shame. So I'm like, and so like, yeah, you just notice shit. Like, and, you know, Aaron will say stuff about my family. And I'm like, what the fuck? But it's right. I know. See, like, but it brings certain things to light that maybe you did not realize. And so I wonder if your partner sees that they're guilt tripping him, taking advantage of him, right? That there, these might be things that have been happening for so long that your partner might not fully see it. And so to have you reflect that back in a really kind, compassionate and empathetic way might be so incredibly powerful for them and to feel like they have that support from you. So it it might take you doing your own work of like, how do I take care of myself in this stress if you're just like sucking up all of that emotion? And then how do I bring this to my partner in a way that's really compassionate and understanding so that we can Mm -hmm. talk through this together and come to his family and decide what we want to do with this? And that's it for today's episode. I guess we'll have to do a part three, it sounds like. It's our only option. 
<laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of Shrink Chicks talking about your in-laws. I hope you maybe got some self-care after this one. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe. You can watch us on YouTube. You can follow us at Shrink Chicks. And if you hear this episode and think, I got a little bit of work to do, we'd love to hook you up with one of our amazing clinicians of the therapy group. We have therapist in california florida pennsylvania new york new jersey delaware massachusetts did i get them all jen i think so yeah Woo! Wow. um we would love to connect with you. you can go to therapygroup.com we'll hook you up with an amazing clinician to keep working on that healing because don't forget to grow yourself you got to know yourself we'll see you next week thanks so much